Welcome to The Successful Strategist, a podcast on strategy, management, and governance dedicated to helping you answer the most important questions any organization can ask. I'm Mitchell Muncie, a consultant who has co-founded or led five startups, for-profit and non-profit, spanning the media, public policy, and higher education. And I've served on fiduciary boards for industry, academic, and youth-serving organizations. In these practical five-minute episodes, I cut through jargon and myth to offer you the same advice I give my clients. Good morning. This is the second in a series of episodes on common misunderstandings of strategy. Last time, we discussed what is probably the most common misunderstanding, that strategy is planning. Today, we'll discuss another very common misunderstanding, that strategy is operational effectiveness. As with planning, the confusion is understandable. Operational effectiveness is necessary. Any organization will be paralyzed if its practices and processes don't reliably get work done at a reasonable cost. But there's a less obvious reason that executives often mistake operational effectiveness for strategy. Up to a point, improvements in effectiveness can allow an organization to make progress without having a genuine strategy. Imagine for a moment an organization that has adopted to the fullest extent all the best practices of its industry at a given time. We can say that this organization operates on the productivity frontier. It has achieved all possible efficiencies and is delivering maximum value at the lowest cost to its customers or, if it's a nonprofit, to its beneficiaries. Of course, no organization can claim to do this, and a large majority of organizations, for profit and nonprofit, continue to operate more or less sustainably well behind the productivity frontier. If a new team of executives takes over an organization that operates behind the frontier, they will be able, just by matching the best practices and common sense tactics of their industry, to achieve notable improvements across the full range of their activities. And they will be able to do this largely without ever having to ask whether their organizational strengths give them a true advantage over similar organizations. Eventually, the organization will catch up with the best of its peers. That is, it will reach the productivity frontier. And at this point, the return on its operational improvements will diminish drastically, and its progress will slow or stop sometimes without much warning. In retrospect, we can see that a number of legendary chief executives who brought about stunning improvements in their organization's operational effectiveness stumbled when they reached the productivity frontier and it became necessary for them to develop and implement a positive strategy. This is because operational effectiveness can't deliver three of the essential elements of strategy which we discussed in previous episodes. The first missing element is fit. The focus in operational effectiveness is on excellence in individual activities. Strategy, on the other hand, is about the fit between activities. If an organization's activities drain each other of resources, excellence in those activities won't save the organization from underperformance. 
The second missing element is difference. The focus in operational effectiveness is on measuring our performance against other organizations and implementing widely accepted best practices to catch up with them. In other words, operational effectiveness tends strongly to make organizations the same. The purpose of strategy, however, is to accentuate the differences between our organization and others. One way to think about this is to say that operational effectiveness alone will only make our organization a commodity. We need strategy to make it a brand. The third missing element is exclusion. Operational effectiveness can't help us decide which of our activities will best allow us to pursue our most promising opportunities. And therefore, it can't help us decide which activities we should stop doing. The point of best practices and other efficiencies is that organizations can benefit from them regardless of the context. But decisions about which opportunities we should pursue depend on our context. In the words of Peter Drucker, there is surely nothing quite so useless as doing with great efficiency what should not be done at all. My suggestion for today is ask whether there is any part of your organization where difference has been sacrificed to apparent efficiency. Next time, we'll discuss the temptation to view our mission or goals as our strategy. Most people learn about podcasts from friends and colleagues. If this episode was helpful, please take 30 seconds right now to recommend The Successful Strategist to one other person and share it on social media. And don't forget to subscribe yourself if you haven't already. If you'd like to receive my free twice-monthly email, which includes show notes and a summary of an important article on strategy, management, or governance, sign up at thesuccessfulstrategist.com. I'm glad we could invest this time together. Remember that being a successful strategist doesn't require specialized training or unique insight, just a commitment to asking the right questions. The Successful Strategist is a production of Prospera LLC, a consulting firm providing strategy development, nonprofit due diligence, crisis management, and interim executive management to mission-driven organizations and philanthropists. Learn more at prosperallc.com. This is Mitchell Muncy. Talk to you next time.